I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. I have a lot of thoughts tonight, things I want to share. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on a variety of different things. A lot of it's centered around the show and this platform. And I've have, I have a lot of ideas congealing in my mind that I want to get out to all of you. And when I was thinking about that today, I came across an article that has inspired a lot of thought in me. And I want to share it with you. And the article is called the era of influencers being apolitical online is over. I'll share it. It came out via BuzzFeed News. I'm going to share the link. You can read it yourself. And I've seen this rhetoric quite a bit since um, you know the unfortunate murder of George Floyd. But it's it's bothered me some of this because I you know I think we all know now. There's a lot of propaganda surrounding a lot of legitimate issues. There's a lot of agendas that are being carried out surrounding a lot of legitimate issues. Question is, how much of it is are we getting sucked into and how much manipulation is happening? I'm not arguing that change needs to happen. I am saying that there's manipulation behind some of that change. So let me let me slow myself down a little bit here and talk about this article. And what this article says here is Given everything that has happened this year in our country, and given that this election is the most important in our lifetime, I feel that being silent is no longer an option. And it goes on to give examples, and I'm not going to suck you into the drama on the air, but I do encourage you to read it. And the overall point of this article is, you know, if you're not vocalizing something and sharing your opinion on where you stand and standing up for things, then you're part of the problem. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. And I thought a lot about what that means. And I want this to spin into another thought I have on social media as well. So I hope I don't forget and get sidetracked on one of my doozies of a thought process. But in being silent, 
I think some of us have decided not to get involved vocally and on social media because maybe we realize that in doing so, number one, it's becoming white noise. And it's only reaching the people who are interested in what you're saying, either one, because it's someone who just likes to argue, or two, because it's somebody who has the same ideas as you. Now, we did a, I, I think I did a great breakdown of the social dilemma that we talked about last week. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind the manipulation that's going on, the division that's going on here. So at this point in the game, at least for me, what I've come to realize, number one, the end has already been decided. And all the, the timing of all of this, I think, is highly suspect and was intentional and released at a specific point in our history. I've been talking about the mob mentality probably for five, six years. I was talking about that during when I did my change casts many years ago. That mob mentality, I talked about it definitely four years ago as we were watching this Trump effect, as I called it on my uh, one of my really early podcasts. But this is right when I started writing, right on, right on time I was writing Food for the Archons, and I had come across the heart and math um, research and that wowed me so much because as I was reading that I was looking at people getting so agitated and fired up especially in these crowds when were, when Trump was running for president and it was like I was being led to this knowledge that hey there's an electromagnetic signal that is generated by your heart that transmits and receives emotional data that is in essence contagious meaning it validates an empath what an empath feels but it validates it in a way that's saying everybody receives these signals and everybody, if they're not aware of it, their mood can be manipulated by those signals. So what that's saying is when you're in a large crowd and that entire crowd is feeling angry, that angry energy is now measurable and measurably influencing your own electromagnetic field, which has the potential to alter your mood and bring you into that same emotional resonance. It's not woo-woo, it's not new age. It's science. So I was seeing that four years ago, which is part of the reason I didn't get involved in that drama last time, and people got mad at me still for that. And guess what, friends? I'm playing the same game. I'm not contributing the emotional energy into the fight. It doesn't mean I'm not contributing to change. There's a big difference. There's a different energetic output. If we're gonna talk pure energy. Are you committed to the fight? and to the drama that's created with that fight, or are you committed to the change? Now, if we're watching social media, I had this thought, right, because I was, gonna, I, was getting, I was getting on the air to do a rant, and I thought a little bit more about it. If you're following social media, because I do look at social media a lot less since that documentary, for the record, it looks like everybody's angry, everybody's fighting, I know there's there's real work being done out there behind the scenes, but what's all that's shown on social media is the drama. So I want to make that caveat that I do believe that there's more going on than is perceived and then we're seeing. And remember that, keep that in mind, that the real work is being done, but it's not getting the attention online. And what we're seeing on social media is all the arguing and all the drama. And I will not contribute to that. That's why some of us are, quote, silent on social media because we see this from a different perspective. Now, I'm going to say something that may anger some of us, 
And that's not my intention. I felt angry initially when I thought about this, but I remember four years ago, all of the fighting that friends and family were doing over the election. It was Trump or it was Hillary. And people were going back and forth, but nobody really expected Trump to win. And then when Trump won, things got really nasty between people, between friends, between family members. And I remember thinking, wow, look how fragile we are with things like this. And I'm seeing that again. We already see the polarization. I'm also seeing some beautiful dialogue between people with different viewpoints. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think that's the value of conflict like this is it creates opportunity for dialogue. But we're losing that opportunity because we're getting wrapped up. And I also want to point out that we are doing the same exact thing. Four years ago, it was vote. I know you don't like Hillary, but vote for Hillary because she's the lesser of two evils. Or we're so sick of you know, the the Democrats, I hate using political terms, we're so sick of that side, we're going to vote for Trump because he's something different and maybe it will make America great again. But a lot of people were voting for the lesser of two evils. And guess what? You are the most targeted people right now because each side is trying to sway you to show you this person's better or this person's better or this person's not, this person is the lesser of the two evils and the two terrible choices. But we're doing it again. Now, how many of us actually did the work to bring about change over the last four years? Now, some of us may be nodding our heads. That shouldn't be because there's more to the change than just complaining about Trump and trying to do everything you can to get him out of office over the last four years. That is not change. That is the distraction. And if that's what we've been doing is beating our war drums and pounding our chest and saying, we got to get rid of him, we got to impeach him. Listen, let me be clear. I am not a Trump supporter. I do not like the man. But I don't like the other guy either. And that's the thing. We're choosing between the lesser of two evils. The agenda is the same. The outcome is the same. The difference is, this guy is not a smooth talker. He's not as good at hiding the horrible, vile things. He's not as good at putting up a facade. In my opinion, I think no matter who we get, we're going to get served shit. The difference is, the other one may have the courtesy to sprinkle it with potpourri first and to try to mask it so it doesn't look and sound and smell as bad. And I'm sorry for being so vulgar with my comparison, but I really don't... Why are we still waiting for someone to come in and change things? That's not going to happen, but every four years we fall for the same thing. Now, maybe if we start looking at other elected representatives in our respective districts and getting involved in that level of politics and understanding the checks and balances system, maybe we're getting on the right track partially. That needs to that can be a part of the change. But what are you doing, number one, to change and improve your own life? As a simple consumer 
of what you put in your body, of what you put in your mind, and then of what your purchases support. It's not an easy thing to do. I'm still guilty of it. But but this is these are areas where real change can happen. Are you organizing with other people not to engage in or participate in or give money to certain things that further degrade the lifestyle we have here? Are you supporting groups peacefully in ways that bring about positive change? Are you investing in communities? Have you done that over the past four years? Or have you been so angry and having politically heated conversations online about how much you hate Donald Trump? One is productive. One gives the illusion of being productive. Just getting him out and getting someone else in, in my opinion, is not going to bring about the change we're looking for. It will bring about the illusion. There are many distractions on this journey. There are many distractions right now. Politics is one of them. So what else are you doing to bring about that change. And I will say it starts with you. It starts within. My very first show I did, what, seven years ago. Oh, man, it was a long time ago, maybe seven, six, seven years ago. What I was saying was, and I say at the end of every show, small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. But now we have this mindset, this aggressive, combative challenging mindset that we have to make this drastic change with arguing and fighting but that doesn't have to be the case at all I don't put certain things up there on social media because a lot of these posts that I see out there of people not being silent, I think are aggressive in nature. And they, they do not extend an olive branch of peace and civility to someone with an opposing belief system. They're baity. So I don't engage with them. I don't share them. Because it's basically saying either my side's better than your side or, or look, your side's an idiot. You know, But I'm just sharing facts. I'm just sharing knowledge. Well, but think about the energy that you're sharing. It's negative. What's it doing to the opposing side? Is it saying, hey, let's find a common ground? Or is it saying, hey, I hate your beliefs? You're not wrong for feeling that way. But is that productive? Because at the end of the day, right now, we're looking at probably about 49 point something percent of the country being very disappointed after this election. You're thinking tactically you're thinking of the one battle you're not thinking strategically what is the long game here what's the end result what will the reaction be of my quote enemy you should be concerned about that because they could make life really miserable or are you preparing for well number one if my side wins not only will it be great for your belief system, but how are you going to extend the olive branch? Because at the end of the day, unless we're going to have a civil war and kill everybody of a different belief, which is the most un-American thing I can think of, 
we have to coexist. How are you going to do that? Are you creating situations now where that confrontation is going to be a lot more difficult? Or are you creating situations now where you can have a civil conversation afterwards, where that person will feel safe coming to you, safe talking to you? A lot of horrible things have been said. A lot of horrible things have been done. At some point, at some point, we need to find peace. Peace with ourselves and peace with one another. And I I believe we can do it. And I believe in all of you out there. And that's what my silence represents not contributing to the noise, to the echo chamber, to the drama, to the negativity. I will contribute to the energetic wave of positive, peaceful change. Okay. All right. I want to talk a little bit more. Uh, I said I would come back to it as we were talking about, you know, I, I said I share my journey. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about what do I want to put online tonight? And, uh, thinking about my social media profile and then a lot of the things that I cover about, you know, Big Brother and the massive surveillance that's going on, all of the data that's been collected against us. Because I was thinking about some content as, as my life hopefully starts getting some normalcy in it over the next month. And thinking about some content and I was thinking, do I really want to put that out there on social media? And I have this like anxiety in the back of my head, not panic, just a little bit of anxiety and, and fear that, well, how much do I want to give the establishment? What do I want them to know about me and, and collect me? And maybe that's my counter intel training, which a lot of that's been thrown out the window since I've been such a public voice over the last few years, over the last decade. And I really started thinking about that and the value that I believe that some of my content puts out there. And, and I thought about a lot of these influencers and some of these influencers I can't stand. I really can't. But people that have these lifestyle blogs, vlogs, you know, journeys, posts, and part, part, that part of me, and I think that's the old man developing in me right now, rolls my eyes at them and be like, really? Like, oh, you're just getting money for talking about yourself and sharing just about your life, and people are paying you to do it. And I, and I get angry about that sometimes. But I really thought about it. Does it provide value to some of us out there? Yes, even if it's simply entertainment. And I thought a little bit more about it, and I'm an author. And my greatest source of inspiration for the, the five books that I've written has been my life, my experience. And when I was writing my first book, it was such a raw experience for me because I decided not to hold back and to give to you, all of me, my most vulnerable personal thoughts and experiences. I, I, I poured that into service because I wanted, I wanted to be trusted. have an ego but the book was more than my ego there's a lot of things that book was for me but for my readers it was my feeble attempt at a teaching tool at preserving 
an experience in the human experience that I thought was important and significant. And as a writer, that's that's how I feel. And I never thought about that before. I always thought, well, maybe I'm narcissistic. Maybe I just have an ego. And in some ways, I don't think I'm a narcissist, but in some ways that might be true. I like to talk about myself, obviously. But it's not always a bad thing. And I was really thinking about my reasoning for that. Why Why do I share that? And number one, it's a, I think it's a spiritual thing. I feel that I am exposed to certain situations on this journey with the intention of sharing them so other people can learn and hopefully heal. I've, I've felt that way for a long time. And there's value in that in sharing those experiences. And I, I realized tonight that that's no different than what more and more people are doing on social media. And I think it's creating a record of the human experience and there's something beautiful in that. Now part of that record is being recorded by something that can be scary. But at the same time, it's a tool it's a tool that we're using to enhance the human experience, which, you know, in addition, there was a tool called flint and, and steel that enhanced the human experience by making it easier to create fire many thousands and thousands of years ago. The computer electronics is another tool that can enhance the human experience. This doesn't negate the scary things I talk about, the dangers of this tool, much like flint and steel have their dangers or flint, is it flint and steel? Flint, yeah, have their dangers. They can start fire. They can burn down entire forests and homes and kill. They must be used responsibly. And over time, they've been used both responsibly and irresponsibly. Where would our society be now if we never harnessed those tools to make fire? Where would we be? Our civilization is moving in a new direction. And we have the ability to evolve and to use this technology to help us evolve. But we need to use it responsibly. And I've gone off the point that I was trying to make, but this felt important right now to say those things. To everybody who, I started out by talking about my opinion and judgment of social media and influencers. But I don't think someone who, who I would call an artist, who legitimately takes time to share of themselves and then does the editing and the production and puts out consistent content sharing a portion of their journey is no different from me, the author. Our tool is a little bit different in how we communicate that. But we're sharing an experience and a journey that we hope brings value to someone's life out there. 
and I'm, I'm speaking that because I, I always have this fear and this anxiety over what I put out there and what I should put out there because there are people who will take things and use it against you and it can be ugly. I, I, I get that. But at the same time, I do think it's important that we share certain experiences. But that's also power. And it comes back to what I was discussing earlier. Are we sharing it for the right reasons? Or are we weaponizing it? And that can be a powerful, dangerous, or uplifting experience for us and for those we expose to it. So just things to think about in regards to that. A couple more things I want to talk about. I was meditating tonight. I didn't even mean to meditate. I, I took a hike with my kids and we walked to uh, the ski. We call it, it is the ski hill. Uh, just this big, beautiful field, nice hill. We walked up about a quarter of the way and my kids are running up and down and playing and rolling down the hill. And I laid down on my back and I looked up at the sky and you know it was, it was just starting to get chilly, fall weather. And my hand in the grass was ground, grounding myself and I looked up at this sky and I realized there wasn't a cloud or a blemish in the sky and there was nothing in my field of view but the blueness of this sky. And it wasn't too bright and it wasn't too dark. The sun wasn't in my eyes, so I didn't have to squint. There was no pain from looking up at the light. It was just about sunset. And the first thing I noticed was, wow, I have a lot of floaties in my eyes. Once I saw past that, I just focused on the blue. I went into an altered state of consciousness. And the blue, and I realized I had no depth perception. How far am I looking? It could have been two inches in front of me. It could have been, you know, 300 miles away. And there's, I understand now there's value in those sensory deprivation experiences. It does alter your consciousness. And it altered it quickly because I had no perception of depth or sight other than this blue everywhere. It was so amazing. And I felt it just fought, like just encapsulating me. And I was gone and and time changes when you're in an altered state of consciousness didn't wasn't a horrible change but i was getting information a lot faster than regular real physical time and i wrote down some of the experience here it just wrote quick bullet points here um i felt many levels of transcendence for a moment we were all in agreement we knew we were descended where we descended from, but I heard very clearly, we still don't know where the divine spark came from. And I knew that I, we, still had levels to climb. And that was a really cool experience because it happened so fast, but yet it was a drawn out experience. I, I, I heard, I didn't hear the voices, I felt the voices, I felt the communication is the better way to explain it. And it just, I knew, I was aware, it felt like aeons, levels of reality, levels of consciousness. And maybe it was all me. And we were just, we were just at, at that experience, and I, I don't remember that what that knowledge exactly was now, but it was just a knowing that we know. We know where we come from, except we don't know where the divine spark comes from, the life force, I guess our soul, our spirit, the, the original, the pleroma. And that was a really cool communication to get. And then... My kids, you know, started laughing and screaming, Daddy! 
daddy and of course that ends the experience like whoa back to reality but it was i just wanted to lay there for hours and get lost in that experience that was really cool so I highly recommend it. If you can lay down one day when it's not too sunny out and not cloudy and you can just look up at the sky or maybe create that somewhere in your house, but you got to get the lighting just right and just, it, I was like, it was just looking at the same thing with no change in that experience and it was so cool. It was such a neat experience. I, I highly recommend it. Um, give it a try. It was really neat. All right, so... Uh, Reflecting, as I said earlier, I was reflecting on a lot of things. I'm moving. I'm uh, I'm leaving my home. My family and I have been going through this process of repairing and purging and fixing and trying to sell our house, and it's been horrible. It's been absolutely horrible. And in the process, I've faced a lot of demons that I didn't realize were still there. I'm still facing them, but now it's it's more in a positive light, I think. I think I've gotten through the darkness. Um, but there's been a purging that's been going on, a cleansing as you as you leave your home. Today I, I tore down a fence because our, our buyers requested that we take down the chicken coop and we take down the fence. As part of that cleansing, I had to send my chickens to a farm to live where they're probably very happy but it was hard for me to let go because I was there for that journey. Uh, I, I watch often the videos I put out through my YouTube channel where I documented some of the growth of the chickens from when they were baby chicks and the, uh, the construction of their home and the engagement with my children. And uh, it was a beautiful time because it was during the pandemic and I felt that that content that I was creating was positive and uplifting and sharing not the fear that I had over the safety and lives of my children, but how we made the best of it and how we built a home for these these birds and for ourselves. And just so much love came through. And I was just so thankful for those opportunities. So I tore that fence down today. And I thought a lot about that and how that experience ended and how I was very angry and upset that that experience was ending because of the value that it brought to my life. And I thought back even further to when I, I built that fence and it was eight years ago, seven years ago. It was a month and a half after my father died. I just bought this house, which is right down the street from my mother. And I was sad and I was angry and I was scared because I, I was just getting wind of these archons. And I just felt hopeless. And I came up here to an empty house. My family was back home at the old place before we had left. So I was here by myself for an entire weekend trying to build that fence quickly because I knew when I got up here, I had a one-year-old and I had a job that at the time was two hours away and we had to unpack. And I, my wife was pregnant at the time and I needed to get a fence up because I had two dogs and I couldn't count, I couldn't put that burden on her to deal with a one-year-old being pregnant while I'm gone from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day to also have to put my dogs on a leash and walk them outside three, four times a day. So I remember being very stressed and anxious, plus worried about my mom who just lost her husband and it was just so much going on. 
So I came up that weekend and I built that fence and it was really hard because the ground was so filled with rocks. So I couldn't dig and put in the fence posts like I had planned. So I had to come up with a way to build bases to support these these uh, four by fours that I had and make a whole different design on the fly. And what, what I thought was gonna take me four or five hours took me an entire weekend. And I was very scared that this fence wasn't gonna be sturdy enough, that my dogs were gonna get away. It was just so stressful as I was doing that and building that. And here I am eight years later, the fence never fell as cheap and rickety as I thought it was, despite the unstable foundation. It got knocked down once because a bear ran through it, but I repaired that portion of the fence. The rest of it stood strong and it didn't even really break. Actually, because of the way I designed it, it just bent in half as the bear climbed over it and then sprung back up and I just had to reinforce it. And I, I had to take it down today and Gizmo has passed, Buddy Boo has passed, and I'm very sad about that. But they had such a beautiful experience during the last years of their lives here. And that fence supported that. And that fence that can contained my backyard also created a play environment for my children. And it surrounded my home where I raised three beautiful children. I mean, they're still children, but I had these experiences during some of the darkest times of my life. And I had these beautiful experiences. So like the fence on an unstable, rocky foundation that provided the security to allow me to have some of the most beautiful experiences of my life. I look at my life in this home that was completely rocky and unstable when I started this journey here. It mirrors the fence and the beautiful experiences that this life has been despite what I will look at as a very hard eight years, financially, emotionally, it's been hard. But now as I'm reflecting, I can just see all of the positive that came out of that. And many of us right now are in that unstable, uncertain ground. What beauty is coming from this experience? What beauty can you find in this experience? I know over the last eight years as I was grieving my father, I, I like I said, I, I raised my children, but I also created this podcast. And I, I published two books. Two books on this topic anyway. So I hope if you're going through something hard right now, one day you may look back and reflect on that hardship and see the value and the beauty in that hardship.
Sometimes it sucks. But I wouldn't be here talking with all of you if it wasn't for that hardship. If it wasn't for all of the hard things that have happened. It has forced me to grow. And I'm thankful for that. I'm very I'm very sad to be leaving my home. I'm very scared to be leaving my home. But I'm so thankful for everything that this home has provided for me and my family. And I'm optimistic that this new journey is going to bring more change to the next chapter. And I think part of what I'm doing is closing a chapter of my life right now as I leave this home because this was my escape. I live in the mountains, man. I live, you know, off the beaten path. And this was an escape. And now I think I have to go back to a little bit closer to reality. At such a weird time to do that, isn't it? When everybody's heading for the hills. Um... And I think, I think that's going to foster more growth for me. I say all the time, talking to you guys is like my therapy. Uh, you know, it's, it's very healing. So apologies if I'm boring you. Like, oh, come on, man, shut up. What are you talking about? But for those of you that are still with me, thank you. Um, this show has been so healing for me. And uh, my apologies for not being able to communicate with all of you over the past few months as consistently as I'd like. But I'm hoping as I move into this next chapter, um, you know, I can get back and, and build that presence. And I'm brainstorming a lot of ways to continue to do that, to share the journey that is my life. Um, if you continue to find value in my presentation of those experiences. Speaking of which, I'm uh, writing again. Uh, that's another thing. I've, I've had these ideas in my head. I every time I finish writing a book, I say I'm never doing it again because it's just such an exhausting experience. Um, but I'm working on a fiction, a fiction book right now, a collection of short stories, and I'm uh, I'm loving it. It's sto stories I've had in my head and you know jotted down over the over years and years. So I'm picking a couple of them that I'm putting together. I'm working on the first one right now, and it's a really neat, um, really neat journey. So I'm going to share some of that uh, at a later date and uh, you know share that experience. But you know, as truth seekers, a lot of us think, and a lot of us like to. You know, just engage and like, give me the content, give me the facts, give me the truth. But I've also learned, and I think many of us can attest to this, there's so much value in fictional work. Look at the matrix. Look at what that opened up in our mind. What's neat is that, or what's, what's freeing and liberating working in fiction is it takes away the stress of having to be right, having to be factual, having to get the evidence and compile it. You can create it. So I can fudge some things and still prove the same point still give you the same experience in, in a way that doesn't hurt your mind as much. I know some of the feedback I get from Food for the Archons um, is that it's it's heavy content, um, you know, and it's a lot to digest. And some people have to go back and read a chapter once or twice, you know, two or three times just because um, it's so heavy and it's so research-based and factual-based. I think with fiction... Um, we can just have fun and still get the same message across. And look at all the works of uh, like Philip K. Dick and, and his stories and the lessons we can learn 
from uh, those fictional works. So I promise you this project will have lots of that hidden knowledge and I put a lot of um, breadcrumbs in there with tributes to different different key terms, we'll say, that you can look for once this comes out. So um, more to come on that, my friends. So that about does it, friends, for this episode of the Seeker Podcast. Don't forget to check out I Am Human, Food for the Archons, Humanity's Psychic Connection, Parallel Worlds, Simulated Realities, and the Manipulation of Mankind. You can find it at SixthSenseMedia.net and on Amazon.com. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Water, my friend, my friend, my friend.